0: If we're going to be fast, let's be punk rock fast. And if we're going to be heavy, let's be hardcore heavy.
1: Welcome back to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. And today, Aaron is uh, joined by Mike Perez of the band No Bragging Rights. Now, No Bragging Rights, uh, they're a band. I want to say they came up, well, they for sure came up uh, on our Guppies episode to end the year because Aaron had picked them and their release, their EP that came out last year um, as one of his favorite albums of the year. So if you want to go listen to that, it's a self-titled EP, came out in December. You can go do so right now. It absolutely slams. Uh, it's a great record. So if you want to go listen to that, you know if, if you're not too familiar with the band, you could pause this right now and you could go and you could listen to it get yourself familiar with it or you're probably here because you love the band and you just want to get into it anyways so we won't waste too much more time Uh, but before we get into the episode into the interview i did just want to say make sure you go follow us on social media at growing punk pod on instagram and twitter Uh, we've also launched uh playlists we're doing playlists now on apple music as well as spotify on things like singles that came out that we're we're enjoying that you can go listen to if you want to discover some new music as well as new albums, just kind of keeping track. It's basically just my way of keeping track of records that came out this year. You know, we we literally, I know the Guppies 2021 just came out, but as soon as the year rolls over, we're already taking a look at what's coming this year. So if you like discovering new music, hey, if you want to suggest some stuff that you're into that you could share with us, you could also go hit us up like I said on Instagram or Twitter at Growing Punk Pod, send us a message and say, "Hey, you should check out this band." Love things like that because uh, while we talk a lot about older bands that we grew up listening to, we actually really love discovering new music as well. And so this is just kind of our way to do it with you. Go, go look us up on uh, Apple Music. It's at Growing Punk Pod, and you can just look up Growing Up Punk uh, for a profile on Spotify as well. The playlist will be there. You'll see it. Uh, you can go listen to those, and they're being updated regularly. So yeah, without wasting any more time, though, let's get into the episode. It's Aaron chatting with Mike Perez of No Bragging Rights.
2: the the first punk or hardcore album that impacted you and what's the newest album that you've been digging kind of in that genre so Um, from the past and going to the present
0: so from the past I mean like going like deep deep like my first I think my my gateway (laughs) band of punk rock and stuff was Green Day you know radio bands and stuff um My, my, uh, one of my best friends, uh, older brother, he's the one who kind of, uh, have I told you the story about how he's the one who like basically told me like, Oh, you like, you like punk rock. Cause I was like, I just like fast music.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I can't remember if he did that. That's all right.
0: All right. Well, yeah. So it was, so anyway, so, uh, based on the fact that I liked, uh, Green Day and Offspring and Pennywise, all the radio bands. Um, then from there he's like, Oh, you should check out. And he introduced me to like no effects and mxpx and stuff
2: like that so oh, that's awesome yeah w- that, that, it's funny you consider those bands radio bands just because that's like i mean now i hear green day on the radio but none of i mean back then wow i, w- I was in a small town so our radio station only played country music so it wouldn't <laughs> have played it anyways but yeah it's i guess just different when it's more common of an of an area
0: yeah, well, I mean, out here, like, I didn't, I didn't even know really that, like, a, a band like Face to Face. I didn't know they were punk rock because they were on the radio too. Like, oh, um,
2: like, what kind of radio would have that been? Like college radio or like a fairly mainstream radio station? Or
0: at the time, I mean, I think it was pretty mainstream. It's a radio station. There was two of them. There was Kiss FM, and then, uh, and then, um, actually, I guess there was a couple. Uh, what X one hundred six point seven? or x13.9 i don't know i forget i i was i was never really that big into like radio it was always when i was around like other people
2: okay yeah that's that's cool yeah and how about for anything new you've you've really been into
0: anything new
2: um like are you somebody that keeps up with new music or do you kind of just keep it to the classics and dude
0: i'm i'm pretty bad yeah Actually, it's not bad it's just a i will say this it's kind of embarrassing to say but um so it okay, so I I told you like I was work I work overnight shifts. And so I'll like I'll kind of go down like a rabbit hole of like, oh I'm gonna check this out. Cause I've I, have, I have friends that are constantly like telling me to check stuff out. It's not necessarily punk or hardcore, but um in in that world, I actually gave knocked loose another try. Oh yeah. because uh, um I don't know, I just it, I, they're they're good and stuff, like I get it, and but it was just like it's just like not my thing yeah and then but listening to the new album i i felt like i, I kind of understood it a little bit more and then same thing with turnstile turnstile is a band that i kind of was just like yeah i was like it's cool like it's not what i'm into but you know i get it but i had, i listened to their new album and i got i feel like i got i got it more especially when i had to like a really good focus listen
2: yeah but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of the same with both of those bands. And it's, it kind of bugs me sometimes because, you know, especially with bands kind of in this scene, uh, you know, you kind of like want to like them. Just, I mean, whether they're because they're popular or because so many people think they're good. So it's like, oh, like, you know, you listen it's like, ah, oh, I want to like this. So yeah. you kind of keep listening, kind of forcing yourself to. And so, yeah, like both those bands I can do some of. I, I wouldn't necessarily listen to a whole album. Um, but. But I mean, just as I asked that question, I thought about, because I had just sent you a band uh, like last week or something and uh, a Norwegian kind of melodic hardcore band called like Halcyon Days. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that word. I've never heard that word. But uh, yeah, that was that was an awesome, awesome album and a surprise of an album. So that's something maybe a little bit more kind of of, you know, similar to No Bragging Rights or in that realm, I guess.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. They kind of remind me of. Uh, did you ever? Were you ever into a band called No Trigger? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. They kind of gave me a little bit of those vibes too.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like No Trigger was a lot more like on the like kind of skate punk side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that was. Uh, was not that uh, what's his name from SJC Drums? Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on his name now, but we'll just call him Steve just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Now it's bugging me what his name is. Anyways, whatever. That's neither here nor there. So, yeah, no, that's – yeah, I just – sometimes, you know, especially with guys like you that have been around the music scene for a long time, I'm always curious to hear, you know, like, yeah, what got you started and if there's still bands getting your attention because I kind of find, you know, when we get to our age, it's – we're kind of – maybe it's just a thing that happens with age is you kind of get stuck in, you know, your time of kind of what really got you into things. You know, well, I I still stay up to speed on a lot of bands, you know, those are always the ones I'm going to kind of go back to. I was watching uh, Seinfeld the other night and one of his jokes on there was how it seems like dads or or men kind of get stuck in an era of fashion from when they were, you know, in their 20s or whatever. <laughs> and so my wife just kind of started laughing and I just kind of looked at her and I was like, "Yeah, that's me." Yeah, <laughs> I, I loved how I dressed in high school and in my early twenties, and that's just how I keep it going.
0: <laughs> yeah, if any, I, it's funny. I feel like if anything, I'm going like I'm leaning more into it as I'm getting older. Like I'm going back to rocking like Dickies, khakis, and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm
2: just I'm glad that stuff is still around. That it's not like vintage. We have to go searching right. for it. So anyways, that was kind of a whole tangent there, but no, that's, that's sweet. Yeah, I read that, so going back to, to No Bragging Rights, that you started the band at like a super young age, and so I was just curious as to kind of what was going on then, or what were you hoping? Was that just kind of, you know, let's just jam and kind of see what happens? What, what were you hoping for? Because it was like you were 15 or something?
0: Yeah, 15. That's why, I mean, I was technically younger when I got like my guitar. I, before Before we even had instruments, I was like, we should start a band.
2: Yeah, mom, my friend's
0: older brother had a band and uh, <clears throat> I think being able to see it, like finally seeing it like from like people I knew, it made it real or it made it like obtainable because I think um, for me, like music, like my family is very musical in the sense that we like to listen to music. But as far as like playing, like my mom can play piano and like uh, I found out later on, that like my dad can kind of like hit some riffs on guitar, but like we never really got into like playing instruments and stuff. But, um, like, uh, I don't know. I think just seeing, being able to see somebody do it, like he had a, they had a local band. I thought they were amazing, you know? And, and then seeing, and then actually the first, the first show that I actually paid money to go see that like, wasn't like a backyard or whatever. Uh, it was a band called falling sickness. Okay. And I have like a, like some of the guys had gone to my school like years before they were all like older than me. And, um, and, like, I have a, we, we had, like, a weird, like, family tie to, like, the vocalist. So, I knew, like, I knew him. And then same thing. Like, I, I saw them at what was, like, our favorite, my favorite venue, which doesn't exist anymore. And that was just another, that, like, kind of cemented it. Like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be, I want to, I want to play here. And I want it, I want it to look like that. Like yeah. On,
2: Well, that's such a a cool correlation because especially with music, I mean, depending where you live, maybe it was more prevalent where you were. It definitely wasn't where I was. I didn't, I wasn't seeing people do that, you know, with lots of occupations, it's kind of known, right? Like, it's like, oh, like, you know, whatever mechanic, you know, there's, there's lots of jobs where you kind of know what they are, but -hmm. something like music, you don't realize that is something until you see somebody else or you hear something and. You know, I've heard people say, like, even with, with Green Day Dookie, when that came out, it's like this massive album, and you listen, and it's like, oh, that's pretty simple, I could do that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so just, yeah, having that kind of visual right in front of you to kind of instill that passion or inspiration in you is, is cool.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing with punk rock, too, like, especially, because we started out as like a punk band, like, punk, we had, like, some stuff, too, but... um. You know, like like Green Day, even like MXPX and NoFX. Like, like, I think they write cool music, but it's also very like obtainable. Like, my guitar skills didn't have to be that great to like more or less play at least the rhythm yeah. of the songs, you know. So I think being able to like write. Another, like another weird thing. So I when I got my guitar, like as soon as I learned like the basic shapes of stuff, like okay, I I didn't, I didn't really necessarily know like notes. I could kind of like guess my way through it, but I think as soon as I figure it out, like, oh, okay, okay, this is, okay. Then I wasn't somebody that like learned, like anytime I, anytime I pick up a guitar, even now, anytime I pick up a guitar, I'm writing. I, I can never just like play something to jam to. Yeah. Or like, or like I'm going to learn this. Like I, I can go into being like, oh dude, like that was such a cool riff. I'm going to try to learn that. It always turns into me being like, oh, like that, that can be a song.
2: yeah well that's i mean when you have that creative side in you i mean i'm kind of the same way like i don't i don't play cover songs or like even like on guitar or even on drumming like i very rarely like plug in my phone or ipod or whatever and play along to stuff it's like i just want to try play whatever's in my head and see what happens and so it is i mean there are good things about just listening and playing along to because you can pick up a lot of things but I guess again, when you get to a point where you know all of that, it's like, well, we may as well put this to use instead of just yeah. right 'cause it it's still fun to write, you know, so anyways, yeah, it's kind of just depends how you how you view an instrument, you know yeah. so at what point so yeah, I mean you start the band at fifteen, like you know you don't necessarily have to get into all the ins and outs and that, but like at what point did no bragging rights become a thing like at what point were you? Like, okay, we're doing this and this has potential to go somewhere. Like, kind of what pieces were kind of fitting together between 15 and whatever age
0: that was? And 23. Um, Dude, so, okay, so it's kind of weird. So if it was just up to me, which it was up to me for the longest time, like as far as like the direction of the band, booking shows, things like that, like I'm not that guy. And so I think we could have had it not been me making moves and doing all stuff like I, I had no problem like like introducing myself to people like talking to bands networking in that way but as far as like like oh we should this is what it takes to play out of state oh this is what you got to do to go on tour this is what you like that just wasn't me i just and so for mbr it was like like and we had like a big local following because we stayed local like we really didn't venture out too much like as as we got out of high school, like then we'd play like Vegas or we'd play like uh, Northern California and stuff like that. But it wasn't until Christian joined the band in 2005, and I think when when Christian joined, he was the one who kind of made it, took it more serious as far as like, hey, if we want to keep doing this, we like need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to start, you know, touring. We got and like, and none of us knew how to do that. Like, so I would say 2000. 2005ish that's when Christian and Martin joined so that's when the band started changed names and everything cuz we, we that's when we kind of like we were still like uh like, we still had like punk rock roots and stuff but that was definitely like oh we let's let's change our like we're we are let us get heavier now like we started that's when we I, I discovered hardcore around that okay. time okay and so um and then like at least out here i'm sure everywhere else but like it, that was that was like you know thrice was thrice in our area and uh you know there's a lot of like metalcore that was doing really well like uh, as Dying, and kill switch were like yeah. becoming more mainstream and stuff and so our, our sound was just getting heavier and uh but yeah i would say when christian joined the band 2005 is when we started to like try to try to think try to try to figure out how to how do we do how do we do this like like, to instead of working,
2: <laughs> like, right.
0: how, how do we, uh, how do we make this like a thing? Cause if, like I guess if it was up to me, I would have, I would have, we would have never gone anywhere, done anything. So, uh, Christian was huge in just being like, we got a tour, let's just, let's get a vehicle and then let's get a trailer and then we'll, let's just call people. And because of that attitude though, uh, that's how we met Jake from pure noise. Yeah. And Jake, Jake was kind of the same way too. Jake was kind of like uh, his band was getting a lot of no's. You know, so we we got we got nothing but no's as far as trying to get tours, trying to jump on tours. Like everybody was saying no. So they they just started to they they created their own booking agency. They called it Pure Noise, and they would they represented no bragging rights, <laughs> and uh, and Jake's band at the time.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. lots of times in bands it just takes, I guess, well, not even just bands, whether it's a business or whatever, it takes someone with a vision and just a drive or a different perspective of like, hey, if we want to get to point B, we need to take this road. And right, sometimes it's just like, oh, okay, I wouldn't have thought of that. So, yeah, I mean, that's the benefit of of doing it with with other people that have other skills. So do you remember what the first opportunity your band got that kind of helped to solidify, um, you know, this – this kind of status, so to speak, or the, you know, the first opportunity that really helped to push your confidence and who you were as a band.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a couple of bands that had it not been for them to like, give us that little push or almost like validate us. Um, one was I Am Ghost. You remember? Oh them? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they they uh, they took us on tour with them. You know, we <clears throat> it was it was a learning experience for us. Like we had done our own tours, um, just our own stuff independently for a while. And they were the first, like, they were the first, like, tour that we did where, like, we weren't the ones that had to make our own laminates. Like, they had oh, yeah. laminates and stuff. <laughs> they actually had, like, a, you know, a book of, like, the tour routing. And, you know, so, like, they, going on tour with them was kind of cool because that was kind of, I think, our first little introduction to, like, oh, this this is a band that's a little more established doing stuff. And then... um and then another band, I think that kind of really kind of broke things open for us, like in a much in a bigger way. Uh, oddly enough, was the Acacia String.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, um, I
0: don't. I don't think we give uh, Vincent enough credit, or like I don't, or shout him out enough because he vouched for us on a lot of like the tours that we did. Like he was the one who wanted us out on those, and so. That was super helpful for us, especially like when we were trying to, you know, break into the East Coast and stuff. Yeah. How did that connection come about? So we we had we had played a show in uh we had so our we had like a small our own, I think it was like just our own like little headliner kind of show. And we were in Canada and we were there the same time as Lionheart and the Acacia String.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Like I think we were literally like playing like a day before each show or day after i don't know something kind of messed up in the sense that like no one's coming to our show (laughs) and so uh i forget i forget what happened but basically um we were kind of in a tough spot and so we at this point we had known the guys from lionheart lionheart's another band that really helped us out too they they were they've always been really cool with us um they were the ones that kind of vouched for us and they they you know just put it out there like hey you know if we have could an NBR open any shows like they'll just play like a 20 minute set you know they don't need, they don't want to get paid they just, they can just show up play you know and uh uh Vince, Vincent was like yeah they can play the first date and so we're like sick but we'll take that we'll play I'll, I'll take one show with the case Train over like a week of our own yeah you know? definitely and so and so we did that and uh I remember like Vincent watched our entire set like or at least the at least the beginning of it, which was a little terrifying at the time. And uh, he, he, uh, you know, asked if we wanted to finish off. It wasn't like a big tour, like I think about a week worth of shows kind of thing. Okay. But um, yeah, he helped us up. Like they uh, let us play the shows and I'm pretty sure we got like, they paid us out of like their own guarantee too. Like, well, yeah. We weren't awesome. expecting that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. well, yeah, uh, That's cool to hear that bands, you know, I don't really hear as much of that anymore. And maybe it's just the age we're in, but that seemed to be such a huge kind of gateway for younger bands back then was, you know, like finding a connection or trying to get on a show. Like just, you know, I I just don't really hear of new bands having to do the same kind of thing. And I'm guessing that's just social media, right? Because you can get that all out there and you don't really need to, um, you know, I, I know you still need to work hard, but it's just, it's just different. So um, yeah, that's, that's cool to hear of uh, those opportunities. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's get into, uh, these songs and albums that you picked here. Uh, so now I know you didn't pick any songs off the album Illuminator, but I just wanted to kind of briefly touch on it because I think it's such an awesome album and, yeah. uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, this was kind of your first really cohesive and kind of professional sounding album. Is that, is that fair or is that just my? Yeah,
0: it was definitely because, uh, because before that was The Consequence of Dreams, and I feel like, I feel like, I feel like even though we're more of that style, that the Consequence of Dreams album was still kind of all over the place as far as like, like you said, a cohesive sound. Whereas Illuminator was when we like really started to hand the reins to Daniel to like, like hey, Daniel, like you, like you should write majority of this, you know? And so, um, and I think we had all agreed that we wanted to go, like, try to go heavier for us which ended up becoming like more metal, metalcore, And uh, at least that's how I feel. I feel like that's like more like our metal core album, but uh yeah, that was, I would say that was definitely a well, like our first time being as thoughtful as we can, as far as like, let's make this sound like not like we're not like we're like a billion styles. Like let's try to make this more streamlined.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm guessing by this point, you guys had done a fair amount of touring and, you know, kind of had a bit more experience and was, what what label was this one released on? Blackheart or something like that? Or what was
0: Yeah. So Black Heart. So that was our that was our uh our manager's label at the time. okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And even maybe just having like I don't really know much much about that, but like was there much distribution with that or opportunities, or was it just having somebody to kind of work with you on that?
0: Uh it was a little bit of both. You know, it was it was our 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 manager had just started it. I just started the label. So we were, it was still very new, but, um, he had, he had more connections at the time and he was starting to do a lot of things. Um, so it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good step up from where we were at. Cause before that we were on, it was just us. on right. <laughs> And so, um, it was just like, it was just like a, it was a good next step for us. Cause like we were touring a lot more, but we still weren't playing or moving like a whole lot of albums. Like, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was our manager and then one of his like buddies. Okay. I, I I forget how long it lasted. It, last, it didn't last too terribly long, but it was it was helpful for us.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's still an awesome album. I just listened to it maybe a month or so ago whenever the buzz that I I texted you and I was just like, man, like this is I don't know, it's such a still a great album. I mean, I love that type of metalcore too, so it kind of just fit right in, but it's a great sounding album. Like it sounds professional and well produced and it's got cool artwork and so it definitely seems like a, a legit thing so that's cool
0: yeah it it was it was a uh, it was cool because that, that one we recorded at um we recorded with uh daniel castleman
2: oh and yeah he, yeah whatever happened yeah, he, to that guy i forgot about him
0: yeah I, I think i think he's still doing stuff i know he's like i think pretty sure he's like married and has kids and stuff i don't know if he's as hard into recording but um we went with him and um You know, he kind of, he kind of kicked our butt in the studio. Um, That, I feel like what's funny too, is I feel like in that album, that was like, lyrically, uh, at least for me, when I listen to it again, I can hear how bitter I was about the music scene. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I think, I think uh, that was probably when my band probably was touring the most. And like, we were, we were just having the hardest time getting on bigger tours and, I I I. Would, it's funny when I listen to that album, I hear my frustration <laughs> in yeah. in it. Oh
2: um. well, that's fair. That's a that's a fair emotion to have, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. Any, anything else to to add about that album?
0: Um, the album. I uh, I remember. So I remember, like as as a band, you know, we we were trying to really come together as far as like kind of also giving Daniel the reins a little bit more. In, in his writing but uh i remember our our bass player rick and i would um we'd get together and we would try to work out choruses because that was kind of our um like i remember that was also we wanted to like really try to focus on like making our choruses sound like big or making them sound good yeah I don't know and so that when i when i think about that whole process i think about like just hanging out with rick and both of us just trying to like think of like melodies to go with like lyrics and i've never really done that i just kind of like write and then if i have a melody i just i just kind of go for it but this is like the first time where like he made me put like a lot of thought into like like i don't know like hey dude like this is you know you should hold out notes here if we're if it sounds busy like you should hold out notes instead of just trying to i don't know It just it changed how i like approached like courses, I guess.
2: Yeah, and what made you think that you needed to have courses, or that you wanted to? Like, was it just because that was kind of the thing back then, or was there a special connection with it? I mean, I know it's a big part of songwriting, but in a hardcore scene, there are lots of bands where they they don't rely on that. And so, what yeah. do you remember? Kind of why you wanted to try do that?
0: Well, honestly, and I don't think I don't think Rick would get mad about me saying this, but like Rick, Rick's favorite band is. Uh, Story of the year,
2: yeah, great band,
0: yeah. And so he was like, he, I think he wanted to be as like listener friendly as possible. Yeah, that's fair. So, and uh, and I was kind of just like whatever. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I've always been, I've never been too um, like obviously like I I try to write whenever I write like a melody. Obviously, in my mind, I'm I'm trying to do my the, the best I can, but I'm also very okay when the guys are like that's not it yeah <laughs> like try try something else you know or or hey why don't you try this you know? so I'm, I'm i feel like i've been pretty good at uh i can take you know criticism or i can i'm open to suggestions i guess
2: yeah yeah right on yeah well, let's move to uh, the next album so the album cycles which was released in 2012 uh, who did you work with uh, to produce this album
0: so this album Uh, So this was, so this is a couple things. This was us basically fully giving Daniel the reins as far as the music. Okay. And and then uh, we did our pre-production with our buddy Kelly. And um, it's kind of, it kind of, it kind of sucks. We had, we had planned to do everything with Kelly, but literally I think like our last day of pre-production, his dad passed away. Oh wow. Yeah. And so, and that was, you know, that was a big thing. And, um, and he, there's just a lot going on. So he, he kind of, uh, I think he felt that. I feel like we could have waited for him, but I feel like he felt like he was, he, he didn't want to hold us back. And so um, he actually, and he, he's good friends with Daniel Castleman, and he asked basically like, hey, would you mind if if uh, the guys started tracking with you, and then I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to take it over when I come back. And I think, and uh, Daniel knowing Kelly, I think was kind of like very open to be like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll help, I'll help out. And so we ended up going and tracking with uh, Daniel Castleman. And it's funny because uh, Illuminator, I think that's probably like, like our most polished sounding uh, recording, like it's super tight. And like yeah, yeah. Perfect. And um, I remember we like, <laughs> it was kind of, it was just funny. We were like, hey man, we, we, want, like, we want like the best takes, not like perfect takes. Yeah, like that's a we cool want way this to, look to at kind it. of yeah, we want this to kind of like like there's parts where like my voice would have like a little bit of crack or like rasp where it wasn't supposed to have it. But I was like, Oh, that sounds cool, you know? And he's like yeah. he's like, but you can hit that note. I'm like, I know, but it like live, I'd probably struggle, like you know what I mean? So like a lot of that kind of stuff. And he was and he was he was like cool, it's like okay, this is your guys' is this is what you guys want. So um he he uh he kind of he kind of tried to let us take more of like a hardcore, rather than I think more metal approach to recording it. Yeah, and uh, and so that was that was that was like a that was a fun um, that whole time was kind of fun. That was, I think that was just a, a good time for the band. Banit we just uh, we just signed with um, I think uh, with Good Fight. We just signed with Good Fight. Right. Uh, we were starting to get on better tours. And I th- I felt like going into the studio, we were all very clear on like what it should sound like, and uh, and so it was just it was, I just remember that whole process just feeling like it was finally like oh this is this is like this is what we should be doing I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. And how did you find that like the sound um you know kind of shifted or the aesthetic kind of shifted from the last album? Like you you, know, you said you didn't want it to be as polished. Uh, you know, it's it's leaning maybe more towards the hardcore versus the metalcore. Was that just kind of a natural progression, or was that just you know whatever just the kind of riffs and style that was coming out of you?
0: Yeah, I think it's both. I think we started we started playing a lot more with like hardcore bands and stuff, and and uh, I think I think um, you know we as a as a band we by this point we had really figured out what works for us and what doesn't. You know, you kind of get a feel for you know, even just in the songs, like there's certain songs we could tell like, okay, that song doesn't quite like we do this. We do this. Well, let's maybe that's not like, like, uh, one of the things we figured out for us is like, we're not a band that people care if we have like really intricate breakdowns. Right. You know, we're not, we're just not that band. So we kind of, we're okay with that. So I remember our rule was very, we made it like very easy, but like we all understood our assignments like really easy when it came to this was if we're gonna be fast, let's be punk rock fast. And if we're gonna be heavy, let's be hardcore heavy, not metalcore heavy. And so that was kind of like, at least our own like little parameters of how we wanted to like yeah. be. So, yeah, it was. Uh, and also, I think um, I can't remember if that was or maybe it might have been sooner. But I, I forever have been trying to get Daniel to listen to Shai Hulud. Oh yeah, because I could hear. I, I don't know what it was, but daniel writes like like especially when daniel goes fast there's like a lot of like stuff that reminds me of like old like strung out kind of riffs but also like um what's that band in flames or or uh there's a band that anyway so i was like Daniel, I was like you should listen to shy <laughs> like the guitar play that that style like what you do is like so i feel like it's in that world so like i'd always yeah. I'd kind of push it on him and so I feel like around that time, uh, also Daniel started to like really get into more of that kind of, that kind of stuff too. So, um, I feel like that was a big influence on our sound as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great, uh, yeah. I mean, Shai Hulud's a great band to, to draw from and. And what I love about them and or breaking rights is like, it's kind of more like emotional or at least to me, emotional style playing, right? Like a bit more like kind of single picking chords yeah. um, or just playing more like either dissonant chords or open chords or, you know, so it still has that heavy sound, but it kind of has a bit more body to it. And, yeah. and yeah, I, I love, I love that mix, you know, especially there's two gar two guitars, you know, one, doing more chunky stuff than one doing that more kind of open picking or just different styles It it adds a lot. So yeah, Matt Fox, Shai Halud, great, great guitar player for sure.
0: Yeah, dude. I I just love, I mean, yeah, I can go on forever about Shai Halud. I just always, I, I can just listen to just their music because of how, when you think something should be like heavy, it is heavy, but there's like those cool pretty chords behind it or, or a part that, uh, That sounds like it's gonna be like super melodic. They have a way to dirty it up, and just the right way. I don't know. I I love I love Shelly.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, uh, means got to do a a month long tour with them, and it was just like a dream come true. I mean, that's kind of really the only you know kind of legacy band or you know whatever you kind of. I mean, they were you know kind of the pioneers of this sound almost. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so it was yeah it was so cool for us as a younger band getting to be around you know guys that were older and been around, but they were still super super nice down- to- earth guys and yeah that was that was amazing getting to watch them play every night for for that long but um, yeah well let's get into the song that you picked off of this, which is the title track called Cycles) <laughs> the opening of this song like we talked about just now the guitar part you know it's really beautiful it really sets up the melody and the chorus you know there's still a lot of energy heaviness and intensity in the song especially in the bridge so this is the title track of the album so how do you think this song represents the album title and the album as a whole
0: um I mean it it's kind of for me it's still kind of interesting that it, it became the title track because in a way I felt like this was a song I almost wanted to bury in the albums because I felt it was really personal. I felt like it was, uh, cause it's, it's, a, it's about my dad and like my, my dad's relationship with his dad. So I had a great childhood. My dad was, my dad was great to me, but my dad had a rough childhood and, um, and just kind of, um, you know, I don't know why I, that when, when I heard that song, I thought about my dad's situation. I, I don't know why, but, uh, you know, lyrically and everything kind of came together the way it did and um one of the i was trying to think of like interesting side notes to the song and uh right away as soon as that that uh that um that breakdown part comes in right away i knew like this needs to be somebody else like my voice (laughs) my voice doesn't like it needs to be someone else and uh just because how, how it was choppy, my our first thought was we should have Jason from let live you know oh, now, wow. now, now if you were 33 and so um and so we had contacted him and he was used he was down but I, so I around this time I forget I forget what the problem was I can't remember if they were just leaving for tour or if they were in the studio and like they just didn't have time and so it ended up not working out with Jason. And so I was bummed out cause I was like, Oh, this, like, I really like the song. I, I don't know why, but I just, I was just not happy with how I sounded over that like heavy part. Mm. I was just like, Oh dude, so I'm just like not my boy. Anyway, And so, um, we were, uh, so uh, like a month or two later, um, we're our albums getting mixed and everything. And, and we're hanging out, we're at war tour and we're hanging out with, with the four today dudes. And so, um, you know we, we i was like hey was like we have can i show you some of our our uh like mixes and stuff and they were like yeah so we showed them and so we were showing them cycles and i was just like oh I was like this part coming up is going to kill me every time i hear it because it was supposed to be jason from that live and now it's just my stupid voice you know and we're they're listening to it and maddie was like it's like dude he's like i don't want to invite myself or whatever he's like i mean you guys if you don't like your voice there like oh like dude if you're down to if you're down <laughs> yes like please please and so uh i'm i think i feel like the next the next day i hit up my buddy kelly and we like showed up with the laptop and microphone and uh and matt mattie just knocked it out like in like one take pretty much he he did it in like their bus like wow. in the little, the little hallway of their bus they had to turn off the ac and he just i i want to say maybe he did like a double maybe two takes okay but like the dude just nailed it, and I was just like, "Yeah, that was it." Yeah, <laughs> like that. Uh, that works. That works.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. How? That, I I don't know how I didn't pick up on that. I just listened through the songs today, and I I mean I know for today's music a lot in Maddie's voice, and I guess maybe I just wasn't expecting it, so I didn't didn't think of it. But oh, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: it's. I mean, it's random. I don't think many people, you know. I'm sure there's, there's some people when they hear it, they're like, "Oh, that's Maddie," you know. But I, I feel like uh, if you don't if you don't know our history with Today, I think it's it comes out of nowhere, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, and sometimes on Spotify, which I use, like if there's a guest vocalist, sometimes it will say like under the song title or whatever. But I mean, maybe if it's an older album or something, it doesn't have that info. And uh, I don't think I have a physical copy of this album, so I wouldn't have seen that. But yeah, that's awesome. Cool, yeah, cool weird. voice to lend to that. And it's cool how that just you know work together like a bit more organically than you know getting jason
0: yeah yeah it was i was it it was a it was cool it's it's a i'm just i'm happy that that part was not me (laughs) like i don't know how to explain it other than like every time i heard it i was like ah like i know there's a version out there with my voice on it and i don't want to hear
2: yeah. Yeah, well that's I mean, yeah, it's cool when you can kind of come to that point, right? It takes some humility to be like, okay, this I can't do this is as, as cool as I can hear it in my head. And that's a frustrating thing too because it's like, well, I'm the vocalist, I should be able to figure this out. But at yeah. the same time, it's it's a community, right? Like there's lots of other people and friends to draw from and I mean, that's one of the things I love about this scene and this style of music is it is so communal and there's so many bands lending you know, different things to each other um, on albums or live, you know, say a singer's out sick or something, you know, other people will, will you know, fill in or whatever. And yeah, it yeah. just adds such a cool um, aspect to the music.
0: Yeah. And he was, he was just, he was literally just hanging out and he was just like down to do it. Like, I yeah.
2: Yeah. no well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, the next album, The Concrete Flower, which was released in 2014 uh, well, I had heard your previous albums. This is the one that that really grabbed me for whatever reason. You know, since then I've gone back and listened to to all the albums and have fallen in love with them. But this is the one that I kind of come back to the most often. So, kind of what had impacted you as a band since the previous album?
0: Um, I think you know, I think just a lot more of uh, figuring out like what we what we are as a band. You know, um, by by this point, like I was full into like mental health and like wanting to really advocating as much as I could for that and so I think that had a a big impact on my writing for that and then also I think just Daniel you know it was just a lot more of him leaning into uh what we've already established with cycles and just trying to like you know improve on whatever you know what what that was for us and so I think um I feel like this was, I feel like Concrete Flower, it kind of sucks because like there's, you know, there's a whole thing about how like we'd really, we really didn't get to tour a whole lot for it because mm-hmm. we had released it and, uh, and then the accident happened and stuff. But um, I felt like, I felt like, uh, I felt like musically it was definitely, um, I don't know, really hitting into like what our band would be coming, you know, or at least that sound that we finally were trying to, you know, make, make, our, make our own and, um and also uh, and this was also one of those albums where um i had sent daniel just ideas that i had as far as like subject matter and so daniel said that he would just he would keep those in mind when he would write and so he kind of had a feeling like i forget what uh you know i i, I, I forget what the notes were but the notes were like I, I there was something like you know hey you know being tired of uh not tired, but like the the feeling of, of losing friends to suicide, you know, or like, mm. um, or you know, the frustration of of uh of having to 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 live with live a certain way, or having to like play, you know, the whole thing, like uh, you know, I'm just playing the cards I was dealt, and like, like the frustration with that, even though it's like yeah, I'm just trying to do the best I can, but I don't know. So I I send them like little little things like that, like just a lot of frustration or like or like the hope I feel from, uh, you know, somebody having somebody that can like anchor you or whatever. So he said so from there, he kind of took those ideas and he, and he said, he, that's how he would write. And so anyway, we'd kind of, we we done that on cycles as well. And I just feel like for cycles and then even more so for a concrete flower, it made writing for me so much easier just because I felt like I was already plugged into the emotions at least of what, uh. I had told Daniel about, and then I was able to like plug in. I felt like it was just easier to write that way.
2: Yeah, and when like when you're going into write a new album, do you find that you have lots of lyrical ideas or thematic ideas, or how do you kind of you know piece that together? Is that kind of on you to you know, like you said, you send those ideas to your your other guys in the band and you know do you feel that kind of pressure or how what's kind of walk me through that process of you know when you're going to write an album all these different thoughts and ideas that you got to try and kind of you know hone in a little bit so it's somewhat you know concrete of an idea right but not not that it has to be but yeah anyways that's kind of a lot of different thoughts in there but tell me your thoughts on that
0: yeah so i think for like for myself like I, i always i want to be as prepared as possible so I have, I have all kinds of themes that I want to write about. And so, and I remember, especially at, so for the concrete flower, I felt like it was such a, for me, I felt like it was such a, um, I could do, I could write about anything because I was more, I was very focused on focus and kind of had an understanding of more or less, uh, what I wanted to write about as far as like topics and like, like themes of songs. And so when, uh, so then, you know, so I sent Daniel the, my ideas and so when he sent me music it was just a matter of kind of like plugging in some of these ideas because I used to also try to write lyrics and then and then like try to plug it in and that just doesn't work like that's worked for me and like however many albums we have I think I have like three songs that I was able to like plug in a finished song into us you know what I mean and so I like I, I was very I kind of was like kind of accepting like okay I write better when like Okay, this is this, these are the topics or the feelings I have for a song, and then when I hear the music, I'm like, okay, this this feels like it's um, like I don't know. This this is like a it's aggressive, but the chorus is really pretty. So I don't know. So like I don't know, from there, I can pick a theme and and write from there. So that's okay. kind of how I that's kind of how I write.
2: Yeah, yeah. it no, uh, sounds like there's a lot that goes into that, and a lot of figuring out. Kind of what pieces play together, and what you know, lyrical ideas fit with certain types of songs. And uh,
0: were you guys on? Oh. yeah. Go ahead. So, okay. So I'm remembering now. So my big theme for Concrete Flower was anger. Okay. And just uh, how it can motivate you, how it can destroy you. Um. So my uh, yeah, so my under my my theme for that album, for whatever reason, was like just angry like or writing from a place of anger and and uh and with that i don't know like that was kind of like my my i remember that being like a big theme when i told down
2: yeah n- now that you say that i feel like maybe you mentioned that on your last time on on the podcast or maybe that was just in texting back and forth i can't remember but yeah so we, we chatted a bit about that uh were, had you guys signed with pure noise for this album or were you still yeah. on okay so how did that shift from uh from good fight to pure noise happen because I mean you said at the beginning you already had that relationship with pure noise kind of you know one kind of you know what took so long and mm-hmm. two you know why why at this point
0: yeah so I think so I feel like every time every time we've you know uh, I feel like every band has probably has done this but like every time we 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 switched you know went to a new label it was always for something right so like when we left pure noise it's because we it was just Jake and us basically. And we and uh, even though my my uh, the new label it was new, they're getting a lot of connections and they're going to get us into more places, and so that jump was helpful. And then our next jump as a band was uh, we were we really wanted to get into Europe, like or just get out of the country basically. Yeah. So um, and so when we were talking to labels, that was a big selling point for us because we were kind of like, well, like what are your connections overseas or like what can you do for us, you know? Outside of the United States, and that was kind of and so a good fight. I think for us, I don't know. I I, I can't remember if they. I think they were kind of. I think their pitch was basically like, like we have, because they're they it's a it's good fight, and they were backed by E1. Oh yeah, that's like, right with a major. And so for them, they're kind of like, like dude, we have we can get you anywhere. We can get you guys, you know, wherever you, <laughs> wherever you guys want, kind of thing. And so for us, that was that was a big thing was we wanted to go to Europe and good fight seemed like at the time and what they were offering was like the best option for that and so uh and so when we um so that was that was cycles and so we did that and they did help us get get into the european market and stuff but um they also didn't really know how to market us at the time and so we kind of uh they weren't gonna pick we kind of figured they weren't gonna pick up our option. And so by then we had already been talking kind of back and forth to Jake. We, we kind of never stopped talking to Jake, like Jake's, Jake's, you know, he's like one of our buddies, like, and so um, it was just one of those things where like, you know, by this point, like Pernod was already doing really well. Like they had, uh, you know, they had a, already like a pretty, pretty crazy lineup and stuff. And so us going back was, was awesome, you know, and it was nice going back and it was, I remember being, I remember just being excited. Cause I felt like at the time I felt like cycles was such a good album for us and, and what it, what it did for us. And that's kind of really figuring out our sound. And then I just remember thinking like, I remember thinking the concrete flower was like, I felt like it was like a step up from cycles and that I was excited to be releasing that with Jake. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and then, but like now it's just like, it's kind of frustrating because it's, we didn't really get to see its full potential, as far as uh, you know, it it only been out. We only it, uh, it, we we released it in like October or September or some of like that October, I think. And uh, and then we were our last tour was March, you know.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, a bummer.
0: Yeah. So it it just it's kind of one of those like, like I thought I you know I. I don't expect anything but i was very excited about yeah. everything i yeah. remember leading up to that and 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 you know we had just come off the you know we had done a census field tour um we were going to europe with funeral for a friend we had comeback kid when we got back get some festivals lined up so it was it was kind of it was getting kind of exciting and stuff for us
2: yeah that's and, awesome and we stopped <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm curious to hear the meaning behind the title "The Concrete Flower." That's uh, it's a really cool, even yeah, just sentence and 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 title for an album. What's the meaning behind that?
0: Yeah, so I I, I hate labeling things. I hate labeling songs. I hate labeling albums. But oh, okay, that, w- that was one of the things that I was actually like kind of proud of. I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool, right? Is that yeah, it and uh, it's just the idea of um, you know, we're very big on. You know, you can get out of a tough situation if you're willing to put in the work and be patient, basically, right? And so through our time of touring, I'm always so impressed by seeing people in these impossible situations and seeing how they come out of it, you know? And so I just, I thought of that, like the image of like, you know, a, like uh, every now and then when we was like, even, not necessarily a rose, but like a flower, in concrete or something. or Oh, yeah. That just imagery is always it's always been interesting to me and uh I just thought that that was i thought that was cool you know something something so beautiful coming out of such a you know a pretty uh impossible or at least what looks to be an impossible environment or situation so that was kind of the idea of that being able to like rise out of it.
2: Yeah, well, that's cool. My my thought was maybe it was like something that is so delicate can feel so heavy. And, you know, sometimes uh. there's things in life like that. So it's like the concrete flower, like two things that are so different, right? A flower weighs next to nothing and concrete is, is the opposite. And so anyways, that's, yeah. Oh, I, was... I
0: like that. I haven't thought of it, I haven't thought of it that way. Like that.
2: Well, your next album could be the concrete flower too, whatever Aaron said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well
0: delicate
2: let's, let's get to uh the song that that you picked off this album, fallen masters has a really cool feel to it it's very anthemic and catchy it also ends a bit differently with a quote of some sort and the music kind of you know the song opens up a bit and so what can you share about how this song was created musically and lyrically and why does it have special meaning for you
0: this one this one's just kind of a special one in the sense of there's a lot of things that went into it so when when i think of when i thought of this song in my writing for it i think of a conversation that i had with uh walter from rotting out and um we were talking about. Uh, he said, he said something like, uh, uh, for we, for we, I think we, I think we're talking about like you know, positivity or trying to be positive or something." And he said something that I thought was like, kind of, kind of awesome. And he's just like, he's like, "Man, I grew up with hate, and sometimes hate is, is all you have, mm. and so you kind of have to basically like lean into that or whatever." And I remember thinking, like, dang, (laughs) like, that's, that's such a, if all you have is hate, like, what, where do you go from there? You know? And so I kind of, and so lyric, lyrically, I kind of wrote it as like a cautionary tale, you know, kind of, uh, you know, don't like, don't follow in my footsteps. You know, this, I did this to get by, like tried something different, tried try a better way. That, That was like my thinking behind the lyrics and how, how I wrote the song. But, um, so there was that. And then uh for the uh for the guest part, um for how, how the for how the how the how the verse was was uh that little section, we just I don't know why, but I was like, dude, Justin would probably do really sick on this part. And Justin at the time, uh he was in he was in uh with life in mind, and then he had just become the vocalist for Shia Lute. Oh okay. So and so but even before before he was in Shailou I just for my I remember just thinking like I feel like his voice is like like he could do the good choppy like he can make this I think he made it sound sick. Yeah. So we had a uh, so we had Justin uh jump in and he he did that that little guest part and then the ending the rocky theme. So I've had that on in like my back pocket since since cycles. Oh wow. Yeah.
2: So I didn't even pick up on that reference. I don't I've never really been into Rocky movies, so
0: <laughs> Oh dude, dude. <laughs> Sorry. If uh, if nothing else, just for the quotes, man. There's some good quotes in those movies.
2: I'll just listen to you guys for the quotes.
0: There you go. Um and so I remember I think for uh Dude, I never I never ever thought I'd be the guy that would like have a hard time remembering his own song titles. This has been happening a lot lately.
2: Well, that was a while ago, so that's fair. Appraisals, appraisals, and omissions.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, and so at the end, at the end of appraisals and omissions, there's kind of a, like a like a like an outro, like a. And I remember wanting to put that clip there, but it didn't necessarily fit as far as like what the clip is saying to what. But in a way, but in a way, it did because it's like a disappointment in someone. But the clip is about, like someone who's like basically disappointed in themselves, and anyway, so. But it, it just didn't—it just didn't fit, and I was so bummed out. I was like, "Oh, that would have been—that would have been so sick to have that at the end of appraisals." And so when uh, when uh, when we had this long this long outro, I I was like listening to it, and I was just like, "Dude, this is gonna fit." I was like, "This is gonna fit. This will fit here." And so um, <laughs> Will Putney was kind—I of – could tell he was like not feeling the idea because he was just kind of like, "Oh, brother, you want to you want to put a Rocky." clip into your song kind of thing and so i remember i had my phone out and then i was like just just push play and if it's stupid we won't do it but like can we can we at least just hear it it's like yeah sure so we so we did it and i and i you know played it for him and then he was like oh shit oh shit he's like yeah 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 oh well, yeah we can make this work He's like, I, I can make this work and so he was able to kind of you know make it like cut it so it, it fit in that part and so anyway i was i was happy because I, I love i love that that uh that quote because you know it's just i don't know how familiar you are with it but it's just about how you know life's about uh not just being able to take hits but basically being able to get up from them yeah stop blaming other people for your own problems or yeah stop blaming everyone else uh for where for where uh for where you're at like i don't know i just thought i have always loved that quote and then it it worked for the song so it was it was a, uh, it was nice. Like I said, I've, I've had that, I've had that clip idea for years.
2: I must have felt so satisfying to finally piece that together and to get Will on board for that. And yeah, every time <laughs> it comes on, you're just like, yes, I got it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. what what I love about Will Will is very, uh, he's so like, because um, he he'd give us ideas for stuff, and he's like, if you don't like it, that's fine. But at least can we just just go down and try it. And then for that same thing for us, like we, we would have ideas and he'd be like, I mean, all right, <laughs> we'll try it, you know, kind of thing.
2: Yeah. So. Well, sometimes it takes a few tries to kind of hear something, right? Because sometimes yeah. when you're just talking it out. It's like, uh, oh, I can't really hear it. But there, there's something to just when you, things piece together, you know, just right. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yes, that fits. And so, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Lots of good insights with that song and, and that album. Yeah, well, let's move on to uh to your new self-titled EP. You know, it's been a while since since your last album. You know, what what can you tell us about how the band? Kind of you know, you finished Concrete Flower, and then you know, there's been you know a number of years in there. Kind of bring us up to speed on kind of how, how everything came together for this.
0: Yeah, so we, we you know even even when we went on the hiatus and when the hiatus turned into a couple months you know, and then it turned into like a year, year and a half. Like we, we kind of, I think we all, I, I've always felt like, you know, like I'll never have, I'll never run out of stuff to say. Like I have too many things that I want to talk about. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And so I always felt like we have another album in us. It's just everybody's so busy and just nobody was really pulling the trigger on like really trying to make things happen, you know? Um, for for a while Christian was that guy, you know, Christian's always kind of been that guy to kind of push things, but it just wasn't it wasn't happening. And then um and then eventually we had uh so eventually um Christian Christian left the band. And you know, a, a big a big uh, a big reason was one of the things we did re- we did figure out was um we want st- to we want to make music, but but none of us have it none of us really want to tour full time anymore. And so uh, I think that was kind of, that kind of what solidified it for Christian where he's just like, well, then I'm going to, I'm going to move on then if, uh, if this isn't going to be like a full-time thing, then best of luck kind of thing. Right. And so when, um, so he, he had left and then, uh, I think Martin hit up, hit up, uh, hit Tron up for Anthony and we've known, uh, we knew Anthony from when he was into the wind. Oh yeah. And, uh, and so we, we played tons of shows with them. Uh, We took him out to Europe with us. And so we've always, we we just love that band in general. And so Anthony, you know, we've become quick friends with him and same thing with the other dudes. And so Martin had hit up Tron. I think, I think he kind of just hit him up as far as like, if he'd be interested in like filling in or something, or I forget how that, I forget how, how he even got him on board. But Tron is like, like, honestly, like he's why we're, back he's why we Mm -hmm. even got in the studio like he he really uh like pushed us in the best ways like a lot of people say like i'm like like people are like oh you're so positive like to me and stuff i don't think i'm that positive i think tron is like super positive Mm -hmm. and like really like optimistic about things and and so um and so when uh so i think i think martin and him had talked about like uh recording and and tron had i didn't I didn't know any, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know Tron was getting into, into, um, engineering and, and, uh, and producing and all that stuff. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that was like a thing for him. And so when he was, he was talking about, uh, meeting up with Daniel to, cause Dan, he knew that Daniel was like a primary, our primary writer, as far as music goes. And so, um, and they, they only live, uh, like two hours from each other. Okay. Um, yeah. Daniel lives in Portland and then, uh, Tron lives in uh, Tacoma, Washington, and so, um, yeah, Tron. I guess I don't know how how he got Daniel up, but he, he'd get Daniel to come out for the weekend, and they would just they would just uh, record. They would just demo demo stuff, and um, I remember I remember their their first time like you know that weekend going, and, and uh, I honestly didn't know what kind of what kind of style Daniel was going to write. You know, he has a he has a cool indie rock kind of band. So I didn't know if like our style would like really slow down or if it'd become like, you know, I didn't, I really didn't know. I had yeah. no idea what, what the sound would be. Do and
2: you, so, you turn I, into turnstile where it's hardcore meets indie rock.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I was like, I was like, we, like, I just, I, I, I saw our band going in so many different directions. And at this point I was just kind of like, I'm like whatever it is, I'm down. Like, I'm just happy to be, <laughs> I'm just happy to be back. But, uh, uh they sent us the first the first thing they sent us it might have been breaking point what or what would become breaking point or maybe i don't know i forget but anyway whatever they sent us was fast and melodic and i was just like oh i was like yes i was like yes dude this is this is like whatever you guys are doing like keep doing that and um uh da- daniel daniel and tron can speak on this a lot better but from from just kind of what i gather for is uh tron is a big picture and so and tron's an engineer so it was perfect so he would be there with daniel and tron was really good as far as like pulling things out of daniel or like having them like hey like uh you know right you know mike had mentioned this like you know what about this emotion? Or like, or how would you feel about this? Like they had like almost like therapy sessions basically. And so they would write and record. And uh and Tron would send us or Tron and Janel, they basically send us like basically finished songs, like demos, but like it's all like the drums were there, bass was everything yeah, was there. Wow. And so it it was it was awesome and super frustrating for me because I was i was in my last year i was in my senior year of my of my undergrad and and so like and school was like very difficult at this time and i remember telling him like guys like this is so sick keep writing i have i have my thanksgiving break you know from this day to this you know here like i'm gonna write during that time like i'm gonna hit it so hard during that break but and and before that i can't i can't do anything i can't uh like as exciting as this is for me, I can't like commit to writing. Right. I want to really give it like full. And so, um, and so for, so, so for me on, um, uh, going into it, like, I felt like, I felt like this time around I had, I had, I had so many, I had so much I wanted to say, you know, it's, we've been out for whatever, however many years it was. So I had, I had some things I could definitely write about. And my thing was, uh, I had like some kind of key, or some, some ideas that I want to write about. And I just wanted to write from a different perspective as possible. Because I feel like, you know, mental health is so broad. And then yeah, you could definitely. have a song. Yeah, you can have a song about suicide, you know, in which we do. We have, uh, you know, we have uh, Outdated, from the last album. And so it's like, well, I don't want to just keep writing songs about that. And so how do I write something different in that vein? And so that's where, uh, Otto, I guess I'm jumping ahead, but The Weight, song like The Weight came in. Um, and, uh, so I just, I had like, some of the things weren't, they're not new by any means, but I felt like I was trying my best to try to write from a different perspective or see it from a different perspective. And, um, you know, and also, uh, I just had a different, I feel like I was like, I had a different lens going into these songs because i might like, I gone to school. Um, you know, I, I, even up until The Concrete Flower, I was obsessed with mental health and wanting to understand as much as I could with that. And so that never went away, and then I went to school. And so I kind of feel like the lens I was writing through was a lot a lot uh, different than what my lens was in the past, you know. So, yeah, that's that's what uh, I guess that's writing process-wise, which is um, how it was on my end, I guess
2: yeah no that's that's awesome thanks for sharing all that yeah you know i've I've had the opportunity to listen to these songs a bunch of times and i absolutely love them i think it's by far some of your best work and um i don't want to taint these songs with my opinions so let's get into these and yeah i just want to hear kind of yeah anything you want to share about these songs you picked so the the first one we'll talk about is the song walking blind (laughs) What, how does this song impact you what can you tell us about this one?
0: So for this one um, you know I've had, I've had some some uh, not not personally as far as a, like addiction goes you know I feel like everyone has has vices and addictions in their own way but um, uh, I, I lost uh, so I, I coach I coach high school baseball and um, and I, I did it even while I was touring um, but I did it as like a, an assistant. Um, I was the assistant to my brother. My brother was actually the head coach. And, and so I would, uh, so I was involved with coaching like for a really long time. And then eventually when, uh, no bragging rights stopped touring, then I became a head coach and I started to coach my own team and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, during the time where I was, uh, I was being, I was an assistant. Um, i had been asked to coach junior high baseball. (laughs) Which was there's a lot, and um, from that from that from that squad, I had a I had a group of uh, seventh graders, and from this group of seventh graders, like I had them until high school, you know, pretty much until their graduation. One of those kids uh, overdosed from heroin, mm. and so that was, I don't know, I didn't plan to like. That wasn't like I, I, like that wasn't necessarily like a theme of like oh I want to write about like. Him and his experience, but just the idea of addiction and like how um, how you, you like it's so cliche, but it really is true. Like you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped, right? You know? Yeah. And so it's just the song is just about uh, you know the whole um, you know change comes when you're finally like sincere and wanting wanting a change to happen, and um, and kind of just like surrendering to to help you know like letting go of your ego it's a, it's a lot it's hard you know there's things in my life that i kind of had to like do that and and so uh so 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 then so now an interesting part about that song is that was the last song musically that we had gotten okay and so it was one of those things too where like you know i they, they'd, i'd given them a time frame of when i could do band things yeah. and so um I was already out of that time frame, I think. And uh, and then they had like, like, hey, we wrote another song. I was like, oh, I don't have- <laughs> awesome, but I don't have time. You, yeah. know, like, you know, And I don't want to half-ass anything. And so uh, and so they sent it to me, and, and I was like flying up to the studio. Um, I was flying up to the studio like the next day kind of thing. or yeah. And so I was like, you know what, I'll just listen to it. And then in my mind, I had already accepted this song will not be on the, on the, e, on the EP. Like if, if uh, we we'll have, we have the music for it, we can record another time and release it as a single. Yeah. That, that was my attitude towards it. But this is just one of those like super rare times for me where I got on the flight and I'm not even joking, dude. I had, I had like a little, um, I had like a little recording app on my phone and I had, like just the lyrics. As soon as the plane took off, I had I had it. Yeah. I wrote it.
2: Wow, that's cool. I wrote
0: it. I wrote the entire freaking song uh, from L.A. to Seattle, and I really didn't change any lyrics. And so it was what it was. And then I then I had the melody. So like I'm on the flight. I'm pretty sure it's these headphones. And I was like I was like recording like <laughs> 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 like cause I'm on a plane. You know. Yeah. yeah I was all embarrassed. Oh. You should have mm. just
2: gone full mm. out and just see what happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been thrown off the plane, but yeah. So I, and so it was awesome because you know we land and I'm like, hey, so I finished that song, <laughs> and and I have I have melodies for it. And so the recording on my phone was really funny. It's just literally like me just like kind of yeah half, yeah yeah no, that's awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, so works. that's
0: so that's how that song kind of came about, and uh. It was it was definitely, you know, lyrically didn't really change too much, or at all. And then, uh, but it definitely had a lot of work in the studio because it that was the one that the guys that were hearing for the first time. You know, um, oh, the other thing cool about this whole process was that I got to demo stuff early, and send it to the guys, and then they got to send me their feedback uh, right away yeah and
2: so. well, it's all, yeah it's nice when nice when that
0: happens mm-hmm. and so uh this is the only song we didn't get to do that and so uh we spent a lot of time on this song uh in the studio this yeah. song killed my voice for sure
2: yeah well well it was worth it awesome song yeah let's uh move on to the next one stages
0: sorry refilling my soda um, so stages it's about the stages of grief and just how uh, you know I really didn't I really didn't have a plan as far as like this verse is gonna be about um, you know denial this one's gonna be about this and that it was just more about I just wanted to have the overall like uh, like I guess story in my head of like of what those emotions would look like, to to a point where um, it would resolve in acceptance somehow. Like, so how do I get from there to here? And um, and so this one, I feel like lyrically maybe gone through a couple changes. Musically, this song came through a couple changes um, or had a couple uh, like the breakdown. Um, I, if i have the demo version i'll send it to you okay it's, yeah that'd be cool. It's, it's like daniel like really you know it's one of those things where it's like why don't you do that the first time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you know and so it was fun for me you can say that but uh it was it was uh it's funny because it, it was a song that that um like dan yeah daniel daniel didn't really like the song and he kept talking about like, like scrapping it. And I was like, no, dude, this song's fun. Like it's uh like I had ideas and I'd been already been writing for it. And he was telling me like, he's like, no, he's like, I think we should scrap it. I don't know. It's kind of this or that. And then um and I had finally like I'd kind of finished lyrics and I was like, I already finished my lyrics, you know? And so he he's like, All right, I'll it uh, structurally it'll be the same, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just fix it for myself. So there's just things that I hear that I don't like. Yeah, and so he went. He went through, and he he. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can. If I have the first demo version, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, it's not like massive changes, but it's like the changes that he made were were sick. Yeah, and so uh, so yeah, so it's just a song about um, you know the the different stages of of grief. Um, uh, Was it denial, acceptance, yeah. bargaining? Anger.
2: Uh, Destroying to... your mom's China cabinet.
0: Yes. Lashing out. People. Um, uh, I had it written somewhere. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Right, yeah. And so, um, anyway, so I just wanted to like, I guess it was kind of I'm happy it turned out the way it did. Cause at the time I was like, how am I going <laughs> to, how am I going to make this make sense? And, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I was, I was happy with, with, uh, how it came out and, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, again, I feel like Daniel gave me just made it so easy to, to write. And, uh, and I was able to kind of just plug in at least feeling, uh, themes to the feelings of, of the parts. And, and so it was, it was, a uh, it came out. Amazing. Oh, pretty good. Yeah. On.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the last one is the song The Wait.
3: Just can't stay. Just can't stay. I'll be there when you just can't stay. Now you can't go. (laughs)
0: This one is was a rough one to write and um so this one uh I kind of talked about it a little bit but um the main the main theme of the song or at least my like when I was writing it I I had my buddy Brian in mind and my buddy Brian um like it was I've had like there's things that have happened that obviously impact me and, um, and his was a big one because I've had really difficult talks with people about the depression and suicide or suicide attempts. You know, like I've had those difficult conversations with people. Um with Brian, what made his was different just because um he was so he was so honest. And it was just heartbreaking because for mm-hmm. him, he was just he would tell me, he's like, dude, he's like, I'm going to take my life and no. I don't want to. I have a daughter.
2: Yeah. I can't
0: leave, I can't leave my daughter. And he's like, and he's it, like, I've done. He's like, I've literally done everything. He's Like, I've done everything, and so he reached out to me because he he wants to know if I knew any um, any uh, like holistic approaches to help him with his medication that he was already on. Because he knew he's like, I can't, I can't, like, I can't stop taking my medication, but also it's not strong enough, and if I keep taking it, it's 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 taking my humanity right and so i was just like oh my gosh like that sound i like guess sounds so like it was rough it was hard because yeah, i, I really didn't know yeah it's like i had really to know what to say um other than like you know we we would try it my big thing when, with him was like dude like you know it, it needs to be it needs to come from like your diet pretty much like find find foods at race or atonin. um you know, be active, like do like, like go on walks, you know, run, whatever, like something like you need to find ways to, to, um, you know, so we went over like different coping mechanisms and things in his life. And, and so he was, he was really open to, he's really open to it. And, and, and some of the stuff he's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've been trying this, I've been trying that, but nothing seems to work. And so it was just, it was just hard, man. Cause he, you know, and, and what people I don't think understand is, you know, when I'm talking to him, like he, he's, you know, if I if we talk to him, he's like, yeah, I don't want to commit suicide. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to die. Like he, that's how he's like. I don't want to do this. Like right now, I could, I could never leave my daughter ever. But when I'm in, when I'm, when I'm there, yeah, I, I can't, I can't help but, you know. And he's like, you know, what's gonna happen when I, I go, I go, I go too far. Mm. And he had had attempts, you know. And uh, I think I can share this. There's, I've talked with his, I talked with his mom, and she. She uh, she's kind of giving me the green light to kind of talk about him. And so um, she was saying that uh, in his previous attempts, she felt like he, uh, that he knew that she would be there. Hmm. That she could kind of save him. Yeah. You know, or find him. And and so for her, she, she thinks that maybe um, he was hoping that she would get to him and he, she wasn't able to get to him in time kind of thing. Which if that's true, you know, if that's the case, like that's, it's awful on yeah. some level you know, yeah, definitely, and, and, and hard. But, um, and so she doesn't, she doesn't feel like, uh, it was, uh, she kind of felt like maybe he thought he, she could save him kind of thing. And, um, but also, you know, I just, I know, uh, you know, from experience and we're talking with him when you're, when you're that low, sometimes, you know, and you're, and you're in those moments, you're not, you're not thinking. You know, rationally. You're not, you're not. Uh, like life really is. You know, it's bleakest in those moments. Like yeah. obviously, you know, and so, and so, my motivation, I guess, or my what I want to get, the, you know, why write something like this, was I just wanted to kind of, you know, try to change a little bit of the narrative. You know, I don't, I don't glorify taking your life at all. Like that's not even, but. <laughs> I just feel like we need to be more sensitive in how we talk about people who have, yeah, because we don't know, we don't know the situation, you know? And I know that like, I'm sure you've heard it too, you know, a lot of the older, you know, uh, uh, like people would say like, Oh, what a coward. Or like, how could they, you know, how could they not think about their family? Right. Yeah. How could they, you know, all these things. And it's like, you don't know that like, I, like, I knew Brian. He, like, that's all he thought. He thought about he's thinking about his daughter, you know, like he, and it's just, it was just, you know, just that, you know, that moment and it was it just became too much in that, in that, during that time. And so, yeah. So I just wanted, I wanted to write just about how, you know, we don't, we don't know, we don't know. We don't know what somebody's carrying with them in those last moments. And, um, you know, and, uh, And so, yeah, that was kind of, that one, that one was rough. That one was really rough writing. And, uh, but it's been, it's been really cool in the sense that um, I've had some good conversations with his mom. And so I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure at some point I'll be doing things with her and trying to like raise awareness. And uh, it's, uh, she, she's got to, I want to get her somewhere on a platform like this and uh, kind of hear her talking about the aftermath of mm. what happens like this you know losing a son you know losing you know like just what comes with it what happens with his daughter you know what the kind of like the, the devastation left behind kind of. Thing, yeah so.
2: yeah wow well thanks for for sharing that i know that's yeah it's heavy stuff and um but yeah i think the more that we bring these kind of topics into the light the more you know people can hopefully find you know freedom from that and and uh, release from those bondages and um yeah i mean yeah i just really appreciate you talking about this ep i know it means a lot to you and i've i've loved getting to to text back and forth with you about it and i really appreciate you know being able to hear these songs it's for sure going to be in my top 10 list of the year and and uh yeah i mean it's yeah i don't know it's really special set of songs and again i Maybe just having more information about it just helps with that. But yeah, super stoked that you guys are, you know, back in, in whatever way that is and and uh yeah, excited to see what comes up with the band. What do you if if somebody was to take away one thing from, from listening to this new album, how what would that be or how would you hope these songs could impact
0: someone? Um, you know, I I, I hope you know my, my hope for for this, I guess this EP in general is just that it it can start conversations, you know, and that it can, you know, if that someone can, uh, you know, read it and kind of feel, you know, validated in how they feel, or or that they read it and they can maybe understand someone better in their life, um, and uh, yeah, you know, I just I just hope I you know. No bragging rights for me. Like it's awesome to see, you know, we have a, a music video that's out. You know, yeah. it's cool to see people listening to it and commenting it and walking yeah, us, definitely. walking, like walking, welcoming us back. Like that's yeah. awesome. But at the same time, you know, this, this, like no bragging rights for me. Is it's it's advocacy. Like this is, this is. I want this to. I want this to like, you know, impact people. I want this to, like I said, start conversations and uh i don't know i just i want people to kind of just hopefully they can hear this and this will be steps towards you know reaching out if they need help you know or reaching out to someone that they feel needs help um,
2: yeah well i yeah. think you accomplish that and that's a, that's a really cool thing about it now you know you don't hear many people say that you know i hope this do album gets conversations going right it's usually you know i mean it could be a whole assortment of things but and uh yeah so that's why i think this is a really special album because it's so much more than just the music and lyrics there's so much behind it and, and so i appreciate all the thought you've put into it and all the time and um yeah so in, in closing kind of what does the future hold for no bragging rights you know the album comes out december 3rd um which might be Today, depending on when this is released uh, but what's kind of your you know your ideal situation these days concerning the band and and uh yeah post album release
0: so uh we you know we want like we want to play we want to play like that's like a, a big thing for us is we want we want to play shows um I think I think like long you know big tours for us are kind of in the at currently are not something we can do right now yeah yeah, but, that's fair. Yeah, but as far as playing shows like that is wide open. Like we, we want to play. Um, we had planned to have uh, some shows for the release. Yeah, uh, but I told you not about. It. <laughs> and so you know, Daniel had to have a kid. Okay, but uh, what a guy. I know, no, but uh, but yeah. So Daniel just became a dad. Little little Benson. Um, and so uh, and so we we're just gonna we're gonna. We're going to hit it so basically in 2022 the doors open and we're going to be uh accepting or listening to offers for shows festivals uh you know whatever we can do even if it's just like weekend kind of runs maybe yeah. bounce around who knows but uh but we're we're excited to we're excited to you know like be back i guess you know even though it's not like touring full-time but we're gonna we're gonna play next year. And yeah. that's that's exciting for us.
2: Well, I wish uh, I was somewhere closer around there. I can't imagine you're planning to head up to Saskatchewan, Canada for any of those shows, but <laughs> Never
0: <laughs> but, know, dude. Never but, know.
2: <laughs> but at least there's uh lots of people with their phones out recording stuff and so that's always cool. But yeah, Mike, I, I really appreciate your time and your thought and insight into and sharing and yeah, love no breaking rights, so it's been cool to I like I said, I know we talked about the band a little bit in our Pure Noise episode uh a number of months ago and uh yeah, it's been awesome. I've been ever since then I've been looking forward to getting to do this again. So it's cool same. to be able to to do it around uh, a new album and one that's gonna impact people. So yeah, I'm super excited for for people to hear the album and uh, yeah, go go check it out and, and support this awesome band so yeah, thanks so much Mike it's uh, been a pleasure thank you for having
0: me